Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey. You got Mike. Yo. This is actually holy coffee. It is. No sweeteners. Blessed. We are drinking bean water. We are fasting and praying today for America, folks. That's why you're on this whole thing. So if you've not yet joined, please do that. Uh, go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. We really need a whole QR thing. But for, most people watch on their the phones. Website? Yeah, but people do watch their phones a lot, Don't too. we have a QR for the website? I don't know. Hey, go. Uh, what's your name? Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> switch Who are switch you? over to... There should be a QR <laughs> code option on the sidebar. There, I think there's a QR code to the website. It might be to the store, which that's okay. Click the... Click the QR yeah, but get on the, the store, store then. Why not? So, guys, See if what you, you can find, right? Go to these. There self, it is. There it is. Cool. Go to these self-evident truth. You do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even trying, but go to these yeah. self-evident truth.com <laughs> and sign up and stuff. Guys, share this video. Get it out to all your friends. We are fasting and praying for America today. This is the day. We decided to set aside every month. We're going to be doing this uh, where we're going to have different guests come on. This Today, we're not doing that. Um, and because Friday is just a tough day for a lot of folks yeah. to get on and they're busy and it's a weekend. And so we decided to do this ourselves. So, guys, go ahead, uh, comment down below where you're from, where you're listening from, or if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, all that stuff, just in a comment, just say, man, you know, I love the podcast or. I freaking hate your podcast. I don't care. Comment on the thing. Just leave us a review. Stuff. Do the stuff, right? Like in, in in the words of one of my favorite YouTubers, bleep bloop it in the comments. You know, do <laughs> do the comment things, okay? I think our motto is going to be do the things in the stuff. Would you do the things in the stuff? Thanks. Something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so welcome. Day of prayer and fasting. So last time I did a very long straight live stream. And we talked and we're like, I think we can do better. So we're going to split it up into two two-hour segments at the beginning of the day and towards the end of the day. Eight to ten, you're going to be with us, hopefully. We're going to be here. We're going to be praying. We're going to be discussing things. We're going to be opening up. And we're going to be teaching and then praying some more. And then we'll come back two to four and be doing the same thing. And this is your opportunity to kind of tune in, hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, enjoy some community, and then go about your day. Tune back in, enjoy some time with us, go back about your day. And I love that element of it. We can we can hang out. We're here. We're hanging out. You come join us. You leave when you want. Uh, so for kind of the structure, we're going to do some prayer time. Then we'll do some discussion. We'll do some teaching. We'll do some more prayer time. And... What we want to be focusing on today, especially, is praying and fasting for the nation. Word. And later on, we're going to be teaching about what they did back at the founding, during the colonies times. Prayer and fasting was very, very much a central tenet of your relationship with the Lord. And we've kind of gotten away from that. Just a tickle. Just, just a little. Yeah, just a tickle. And so we wanted to start doing this regularly to bring us back to prayer and fasting for the nation. Because I, I don't know if you've looked outside lately, but things are a little weird. Things are a little crazy. 
in proper it's, terms, we call it a little wanky. Yep, yep. It's, it's gone a little sideways. So it's time for us to humble ourselves before the Lord. And we're going to talk about that whole process. We're going to talk about you how know, do you properly pray and fast. Not to take derail our focus off the podcast, but you notice our cameras? Mine picks up a lot blue. Yours picks up a lot mm-hmm. lighter blue. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, there is. is a lot heavier... Blue presence. Blue on the back. I'll be so blue, I, lonesome. Yeah, that must be without a color you. Thing. That's got to be a setting on the camera. Maybe I don't know. We'll get it's, the camera guys to figure all that. Yeah. Out. yeah. So, like uh, Mike's saying, the, the 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 point of prayer and fasting, and I don't care, but the camera. I was just breaking it up. But the the the, the point of prayer and fasting, if you look at some of the old school prayer and fasting in America, read a lot of their proclamations. It was about we suck, we're sinners, we need Jesus. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's humble, contrite. We are terrible with the Lord. He's got sore displeasure against us. We need to repent of our sins, trust in his merits, yeah, and get back on track, basically. Now, there were some that were good, right? Samuel Adams was like, we just need to thank God for a country that we have. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So there's just so much in, in rich history about prayer and fasting that I don't think we understand. And I think, you know what's funny? These podcasts, they become popular over time. Everyone wants to talk about what Biden's doing, what everyone else is doing. And it's like, how about what God is doing? What right. is the Lord doing right now? Not not prophetically, not, not in a prophecy way. I'm not despising that. I'm saying not in a prophecy way. What is God doing now? And what do we need to do to hear the voice of God to go do what any one of us is called to do? What are we doing to, to, to do that. I like that, Kevin. That setting is so cool. Can you do it to his? Dude, that blue is so cool to me. The the Yeah, it looks blue. really yeah. cool. No, I like it too. I like that. It's got that cool look. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and the the overhead lighting is a lot better now. Way better. I'm yeah. Sixty. Other one, dude, you could see my zits. You could see my wrinkles. <laughs> my wrinkles. My wrinkles. Welcome, Charles Barkley. <laughs> I love how that guy talks. <coughs> Guys, thank you for your prayers. I'm getting over a cold. Yeah. A bad one, too. It's It's been knocking a lot of people out. There's It's going around. She almost knocked me out, but it didn't. You can't lick me. Good old mass is still here, baby. <laughs> that was my son. I pay him to say those kinds of things. I just want you all to know. He's he's like your hype man. You know how rappers, really rappers have a hype man on Dude, stage? Dude, my sons are my son. hype men. Yeah. My sons love me. I want them to carry like golden of course, chalices. Of course. And, you know. Be envious of me, men. I got loving sons. <laughs> Aaron's not here, though. Aaron really loves me. He actually loves mom more, I think, but... <laughs> they both... For Nathan, true, for like, true, for eh. true. For real, for real. What's that? For real, for real. <laughs> Oh man, you were saying uh, to try and draw it back in because <laughs> we just because <laughs> it's weird because we don't we don't have like specific stuff we're going to no, talk about. It, so it's like, but today's that day too. Ask questions, yeah. Like, do do we and we need to do one of those kind of podcasts. Just get ready with all your questions, constitutionally, biblically, uh, physic, whatever you see out there. What do you want to know? You know. You want to talk about the gifts of God or the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about cessationism? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about, and, and I'm fresh on that topic because I had a friend of mine call yesterday and we talked about that. And so it's just so cool to, to not be combative mm-hmm. 
and 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 he wasn't being he was actually affirming the gifts but just to walk in truth and say look let the truth do its thing and christians are divided on stupid things uh and 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 one of the biggest issues we're seeing out there is the church being divided more than the world is being divided so we'll attack one another like democrats attack republicans yeah. right and we're saying and and i've seen it you know where it's like those guys don't have the spirit. They don't understand the Lord, blah, blah, blah. The other side says those guys are weird kundalini people who are they're, trying to twitch on the ground, and yeah, it's all spiritual. And, yeah, so yeah. there's all this stuff going on, and really what we have to do is bring it back to Christ. Did Christ save us, right? There are many different uh, distinctions. I think, uh, you know, someone said the other day that the denominations were of the devil. Okay, you, you could go that far. That's fine. Uh, or Or what we could do is, what is everyone doing to be in the fight to go save souls for Christ? Like, what's the what's the end goal right. of attacking one another if it's not souls? Like, what where are the souls in all this? Right. And do you notice that we what we end up doing is we get our attention on the division and the dissension, right? So we get our attention on division and dissension instead of on going forward mm. and and going more doing more yep. for the kingdom it becomes well we've got to root out all of the wrong and the evil within the church and then we can go do our job yes. but you're actually fomenting the wrong and the evil and the wickedness why because a you're giving attention to it but b you're tearing things apart you Christ tells the parable of the wheat and the tares what does he say do not pull right. up the tares. Don't yeah. Don't root out the tares because then you'll start pulling up wheat with it. What does he say? He says, "Wait until the harvest, then it'll all get separated out." Yeah, that's the, that's that's that for is, the Lord to do. That is like hitting me as revelation of stop trying to pull out all the tares. Bingo. You're just causing division and dissension amongst yourselves, and you can't do what you're supposed to do, which is nourish the harvest. You're supposed to be out in the field nourishing the harvest. But instead, what we've got going on is, well, I've got to pull up that tear and that tear, and we've got to start a YouTube channel to pull out those tears. Excuse me. Wheat and the tears. That's right. Let God Don't weed pull out. them up. Let, let God do that, right? I just want to say good morning to Katie, Rick, Victoria, Kevin... Who's watching in a studio right now? <laughs> you know, he's just watching in a studio right now. Uh, no, I really appreciate it. Kevin's here to help us with our our stuff here. And uh, guys, forgive us. We're actually getting situated uh, now in 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 our new in our new digs, uh, if you will. So a lot of things are just a little messed up. We thought we had it all under control, and we just never are under control. <laughs> never. Katie said, "Happy National Coffee Day." I. And you you ha you laughed it. I was about to. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed it. And and to you, Happy National Coffee Day. Uh, Mike is a lot more disciplined than I am. He got his completely black. I got mine with a cup of cream. I I didn't put any sweeteners or nothing. But like he's just a lot more of that disciplined fella. And I look up to him and admire him. He's just about works. I'm about faith. So <laughs> let's continue, fellers and fellettes. Uh, I know that we, we we're going to start praying here in a minute, and I and I appreciate uh, the the boys here in the in the studio are working really hard uh, to just do things here for us, and uh, you know so I, they can continue to work while we do what we do. Uh, but what what I'm most excited about is we want you guys to join us in prayer as well. 
Um, if if we can, what we're going to do is bring some people on. If you guys want, we can send you all the link. If you all want to shoot out a prayer, we'll put the link up. You guys can click in. Maybe have them in the green room. Have the watchers yeah. uh, uh, in so, in the green room, and we can click them on. Like Pastor, is that Barry? Pastor Barry, he's on. Like, there's just a lot of what we. Where do you want me to put the? Put it in the comments section. Okay. You know, and see if they if you guys want to contribute to the prayers today. Uh, Katie did last time. She wants to contribute. Her and Brent again. That's great. Uh, if you guys want to c- contribute in prayer for the nation, for your city, for your town, for your area, for your territory, uh, please do that. This this is really Lord. We need you to move, uh, and we repent of our sins. Also, Lord, we know that it's not always just. That alone, it's it's not just saying, okay, we're going to turn from our sin. Lord, give us the plan that you want us to do to go reach the lost, to go be an influence in those government. Me and Mike were talking yesterday about this. I am not, I'm only influencing aspects of government. I'm not driven by politics. I'm not driven by what people say or don't say. I'm not driven by, is Trump the right candidate or is Biden screwing it up? I'm here because I feel that our calling in self-evident is not only to preach the gospel, but we influence areas of politics, areas of government, local, uh, national, whatever we can do, state uh, governments. That is what we feel called to do. Some of you may den- may not agree with that. That's totally fine. We can have a discussion about that today if you'd like uh, and give you reasons as to why. But our thing has always been that, and God has blessed that thing. And what we're seeing is the more we focus on the gospel and Jesus Christ, the more he wants to transform the world. So one day he'll, you know, Christ is going to return. And we're excited about that. My whole thing is how many souls are going with us? How many people are going to go with us into those gates where Christ can say, well done? How many people do you know right now have that cross experience where they're uh, sitting is sitting on the cross next to Christ, and they've never really heard the gospel, and all that's and they're on their last leg, and the Lord's saying, "Go preach to them." We want to see souls saved for Christ. How many young people are in school right now who have never heard the gospel of Jesus or have heard a perverted gospel of Christ? How many people do you know uh, out there in in your church that are operating wickedly that uh, don't understand the things of God or the Word of God, but they've been going for years? When's the last time you just took them to prayer and fasting instead of complaining, right? And I think that's where we need to be right now. So we're going to put this link in the comment below here uh, of, of where you can join us in the prayer and fasting. And if you guys want to hop on, please do. We, we'll, we'll get you in the green room here and we'll click you on uh, when we're done praying here uh, on our end here. But um, again, this is about, we say America needs to change. And I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Who, who doesn't who doesn't agree that America needs the Lord? I do. Here's where I think God's bringing us though. How do you want America to change when you're not changing yourself? You know, when you're when you're still harboring bitterness against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. When you read 1 Corinthians 13, is it really a challenge to you to be more like Christ or is it a yeah, I got that but that person doesn't. You know what I mean? Like are we doing that? Because that's the wrong heart. The heart is Lord, how can I be the example of Christ I need to be for the world? I just talked with the boys this morning, and I don't know why I'm on these rants, but I'll do it. Go for it. I was talking with the boys. You were in the car. Then I was praying about them, and I said, boys, you really need to start reading different kinds of books because I really feel you guys need to learn things other people just don't know. And I believe it's because the wisdom they'll have is people will come to them for wisdom. Right. 
which I think is awesome. I think it's super important. But it's also, too, being head and shoulders above the world. It's being knowledgeable about things that matter, you know, things that are important, things that draw wisdom, things that draw people to Christ. Um, a lot of old poets like Emerson and all these guys, they had a view of Jesus. And so, like, to study and understand art and all these things was good. And so I want them to learn more about what real life is. And so, like, the more they read Scripture— and I've heard this many times. If you read the Bible, that's all the wisdom you need, which is totally true. There's also something, too, when I read commentaries of the Bible. I'm gleaning from their knowledge and what their revelation is when I listen to Pastor Todd or other pastors. I'm gleaning from their revelation and their knowledge and like, oh, wow, that's really neat. So it's the same thing. And what we need to do here is say, Lord, what do you want me to learn so that I can transmute that to the world? Right. You know? and, and I want to make a defense of exploring different fields and not just uh this will sound bad but not just scripture right and can't get the angle guys there we go <laughs> this one okay cool um not just scripture right so one of the things that we've got to think about is god created us God created us with intellect. God created us to explore. God created the, the beauty of what I call the treasure hunt of the world. And people have been given revelation about the world. They've been given new information, new knowledge that the Lord has opened up. And if we decide, I'm not going to explore any of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut all of that off, what you're actually doing is saying, Lord... There's no beauty to be found in your creation unless it's this specific piece. Now, obviously, Scripture is above all, right? Scripture is above all. It's, it's the sacred. It's holy. But that doesn't mean that if you go outside, you don't learn something about God's glory. And the more you learn about the trees, the more, more you learn about animals, the ecosystems, nature— the more you learn about God's glory. It's the same thing with wisdom, intellect, all of that is like, there are some beautiful things to learn and grow. 100%. And, and to cast out great poets, great artists, great musicians, great storytellers, to cast all of that out purely because, well, they weren't Christian, so I, I can't glean anything from that. I think it's really a, a close-minded view of the glory of God, because God makes it rain on the just and the unjust alike. And so people are going to get some beautiful things yeah. out of the mercy and grace of God, Amen. even if they're not a believer. Amen. And I would rather see that and be like, I see what you did there, Lord. They don't even recognize what you're doing there, right? You know, whether discoveries, scientists who are atheists that discover something beautiful yeah, about exactly about the the um, the planets or, or faraway galaxies, whatever. Their theories might not be God-honoring, but the facts and the beauty of the facts are still God-honoring. That's right. Still give glory. Right. right. So explore. Explore God's creation. And it's okay to glean from others what God's creation is. Amen, dude. I think, too, that's... That's the pretty, that's the beautiful part about seeing other sides of things. Not, I'm not talking about a godly stuff. I'm talking about exploration, discovery, mm -hmm. Isaac Newton, all these cats. 
there's a lot of theories that we've come up with in history that weren't right. Yeah. But it's like, dude, the guy, he took a shot. I mean, right? He, he went at he it, man. Like, holy crap. I mean, that's pretty stinking amazing yeah. that all of a sudden this dude's thinking about theories of gravity and theories of, I'm like, how do you, well, first off, what, how, what made you think that? Like, what, what made, right. what in you was like, I think I'm going to figure out gravity. I'm going to figure out, you know, Theories of, of just cra- you know Einstein, like yeah. mathematical theory. How, how what who? I I think because we we tend to make a presupposition that's wrong. Our presupposition is God is only going to give revelation about His creation to His children. I don't think that's true because what that's saying is God will only give His children skills, talents, gifts, blessings, yep. all of that. That's just not scriptural. Right. He's going to he's going to give it to all of us and then there's an accounting of what we did with it, right? And if and yes, I'm I'm not saying work saves you. That's not what I'm saying. But there even if you're saved, there's still an accounting of what did you 100%. do with what you're given. 100%. Even more so if you're not saved, Lord's going, "I gave you this. What did you do with what it?" What did you do? As as a proof of like you didn't do what you yeah, should have. I was I was talking you know? to Chris yesterday about works and he goes, you know, sometimes I fall and I know what he was saying, so bear bear with me. He wasn't saying don't do works. He was saying there are times if you know Christ is coming back, what's you know, really the point? And then he goes, But then the Lord nudges me to go do those things. And I said, You know what's funny? I would agree with that statement if there were certain if there weren't scriptures like your works will be tried by fire, right? Whether they be of gold, of hay, of stubble, like it's like. So the things we your do, works matter. The things we do do matter. Do 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 do. The things we do matter, and and that's that's what I love, and that's what's so important is to understand that the things that we do matter. The things we have matter. The how we steward things matters, and that's what Chris was talking about. Yeah, you know, it was just a cool, cool concept of what he said. But the the the, the idea that 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 there's so much more out there than what we're used to. Like, we want the things of the Spirit. We always talk about it. There's more, there's more, there's more. Constantly, there's more. I agree with that. But in in the world and, like, things that we see, there's more. There's more things we don't understand yet, right? And I love exploring beauty. I love love the waters, man. I love mountains. I love trees. That's why I used to love the North until it got cold. (laughs) <laughs> which should be criminal. Uh, you know, I don't know how people do it up in Minnesota, man. Like Massachusetts to me has a pretty, I, like I a, like a, the New Cape England. has a pretty yeah. winter. Minnesota, it's death. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the, more like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. It's death just traps. Like, death traps. And that, again, that, that just, you know how it is. So guys, join with us in prayer today. Um, as we do what we do, and we do do so do, well. Do, 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 do. And, and we apologize for the camera stuff. We got we got Kevin in here fixing things, putting things he's together. He's doing it live. He's, yeah. And, 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 no, and no, he's, it's not your fault, And he's though. sorry, too, and he's fired. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's, he's, he's real time. And, and so this is a bit of the behind the scenes for you. He's real time trying to fix because we had some camera issues and, and he's trying to put things together. So we apologize if you're on audio. It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Who cares? Right. Um, 
And to round out that conversation, we go outside and we look at the majesty of the Lord, right? We look at the beauty that the Lord has created. I am fascinated with our minds, personalities, psychology, all of that. And I think sometimes we try to poo-poo that. Like, no, 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 we can't. (laughs) Poo-poo. Do you realize how complex and deep (coughs) your personality goes? How, how complex and deep you are as a human being. That is a beautiful creation of the Lord. And so I think sometimes let's step back and let's look and see God in those areas that we don't tend to look for him. I'm not saying go out and hug a tree because God's in the tree. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God's stamp of creation is in beautiful details within the tree. God's stamp of creation is within beautiful details of you, of your psyche, personality, right? Everywhere you look, there are stamps of God's creation in order, and it it becomes exciting when you explore that. And I think prayer is something where you can actually expand how you see the Lord, because when you get with the Lord and you get into his presence, you start to realize he is so much more expansive than you realized. He is so much more thorough than you realized. He is so much more in general than you realized. And it takes prayer and fasting to start to chip away at the blinds of the world. And and I'm rolling this into prayer and fasting because we're going to get praying in a second. I want you to think about your autopilot that you have today. Most of us run on autopilot. We get up, we get our cup of coffee, we eat our breakfast, we move forward, we go to work, we do our work, we get home, we spend time with the kids, we eat dinner, we put the kids to bed, we go to bed. We're on autopilot a lot of our day. Even in our thinking, we're on autopilot. Somebody cuts us off, autopilot reaction. Something happens at work, autopilot reaction. We're... we're, we're very reactionary with a preset reaction. What prayer does when you're praying, praying properly is you're pushing all of that away. You're turning off the autopilot and you're saying, I need to get with the Lord. I need to be with him. I need to hear his voice. I need to push away all of those distractions. And there, there are different procedures or prescriptions that people use in order to pray and, and really get into the presence of the Lord. I like the, the temple system. So first, you're in the outer courts, so you're, you're cleansing, you're, you're preparing, you're, you're getting ready. Then you go into the holies, right? And that is the incense, right? That's the, the showbread. That's your requests. That's your things that are going on. That's, that's the soul stuff. And then when you've done all of that, you step into the Holy of Holies, and that's where it's spirit. And you'll notice when you get into that spirit spot, it's almost like time disappears, and, and you're just in the presence of the Lord. And I like that because you're, you're doing away with everything else, and then you're in that prayer moment. And Christ actually shows this to us. When he gives us the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is actually a system that he places out of how to do that, right? So you put God first, you put him in his proper place. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? So, Lord, please, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, your requests. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us or trespass against us, sinned against us, however you want to say it. So forgiveness, repentance, that level, right? And then you move forward. And we can follow that process and get deeper with prayer. And part of the problem, Massey, I want you to comment on this sure. because this is something you and I talk about. You have to actually take the time and get in the secret place to pray. Yes, you do. And this has been a conversation between us a lot lately. I think this is a this is awesome and it's hard. Um, I'm used to prayers, um, not on the go, but when I'm praying, it's it's I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm praying about the country. I'm praying about our church. I'm praying about our people, our staffs. Um, you know, family, whatever, you know, we, we pray. But one thing I was never really accustomed to was this quiet time, secret place stuff that is so vital and important. Um, yep. That is so vital and important that that time where you say nothing and just allow God to speak uh, to you uh, to, to, to work through, sometimes say nothing. Sometimes I break out in a tongue. Sometimes it's just listening to worship. Sometimes it's just sitting there and waiting. Uh, this Yesterday morning, I didn't do it this morning, but yesterday morning, it was just like super peaceful. Um, and I haven't felt peace like that in a long stinking time Amen. where it was just like, dang, I could sit here on this cloud and just float. And it was one of those like enjoyable pieces, like a piece that was enjoyable. And let me explain. I've been in times of peace where everything's done. I'm kind of fulfilled today. I got my tasks done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm at home. The home's clean, and I can just ah oh, relax. But in your mind, it's still racing. Okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am yep. I going to do? Ye- yesterday morning was one of the first times I felt this peace that was, I can't explain it, but it was that passing, passing understanding peace. I just sat there, and I was like, I could sit here for hours and just be at peace with God. And it was a really cool non-worded peace. I just felt peace. And, and again, to some of you that are listening to this, you're like, duh, I mean, we do this all the time. Um, understand it from our perspective that there are times, I, I, I wasn't discipled really well, um, but I had friends who helped disciple in the best they could. <clears throat> so me understanding and learning these new aspects for myself is so cool to me that God is that way too. I used to think, oh, that's just laziness. They don't want to do anything. They just want to sit in a prayer room. No, I see why the power of God rests on some of these dudes is because they're both. They let the power of God rule their hearts mm-hmm. in that quiet time, pray in secret that the Lord reward you openly. I'm not looking for the reward. I've got enough of that. I think accolades, and, and I'm not saying you're doing it for accolades. Accolades, though, come and go. People's opinions are so finicky and stupid to me. Uh, people will praise you one second. You slip once and do something off they will not come to you and say, man, we need to pray for you. I know it's a hard season. You fell a little bit. They'll cut you as fast as they praised you. So to me, accolades never meant a thing to me. It was never about doing things that people approved of. It was doing what was on our hearts and doing what truth is. The reason why you don't see us do certain things is because when we started this ministry in prayer, we said, Lord, do what you want us to do. So when I started reading the Constitution, the Declaration, the Federalist Papers, the Founders' Writings, I started to see government for what it was now and what it used to be then. So when I look at it now, 
we can talk about Vivek Ramaswamy. We could talk about President Trump. We can talk about uh, Joe Biden. We could talk about Kamala Harris. We can talk about all these guys. And yet my mind is still racing on the fact of not one of them have promoted liberty yet. Giving government back to the people, saying this is your government. You elected us to do what you wanted to do. That's what this is about. And we'll use, and, and when, when the moment that's brought up, they'll use something to distract us, like uh, COVID, for example. It's a good one. When, when COVID came, the reason why, and, and I heard Vivek yesterday on this uh, interview we oh, watched. Yeah. I heard him say, well, everyone felt that way. Republicans and Democrats all were like, hey, shut the government down. And basically, in so many words, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing what he said. We didn't. We were like, oh, the government's doing, they're moving. The, the moment we heard lock your doors for two weeks, that's not in their authority. Right. So for us, it was red flags, not because we felt government shouldn't do that. They don't have the authority to do that. Same thing in a church. The church has no business attacking each other. And you see and, what I'm saying? And we've talked about how would you talk about the bride of Christ? Let's let's use that word church and set it aside. And then we're going to talk about the bride of Christ. How do you want to talk about Christ's bride? And so often we say, well, the church isn't doing that. The church not doing it. Change it to bride of Christ. The bride of Christ isn't. The bride of Christ is, ooh, how would you feel if somebody was talking about your bride that way? Hmm. Again, division and dissension. Division. Let's, let's stop that and uplift the bride of Christ. Right. Do you understand how much the bride of Christ has absolutely transformed the face of the earth? Dude, Western culture's built on it. Western civilization, I should say. Our culture's changed, right? Cultures are crazy. But Western civilization was built on the ideas that come from Scripture. You can't deny that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the enemy's working so hard to tear down every institution that built Western civilization? The family, education, uh, even down to creation. Down to creation. Recognizing God is sovereign and that man is not sovereign, that, that alone, if you attack that, God's sovereignty, God's perfect will— God's justice, God's mercy, God's choosing, his sovereignty. If you, if you take that away and you attack, he was wrong about genders. He was wrong about homosexuality. He was wrong about certain things of scripture. He was wrong about the heart of man. You keep pushing that, all you're doing is destroying the foundations that built civilization mm -hmm. and made it prosper. And when you do that, you also start tearing down the church. You start tearing down the church. If we start attacking the character of God and taking away the sovereignty of his decisions, then we start tearing down the fabric of the church as a whole. That's why you hear sermons that are feel-good sermons, because we don't want to preach the hard stuff, because the hard stuff will turn people away. Folks, have you read Matthew? Few there be that find the straight gate. Many will go in the broad gate. The reason why few will find the straight gate and narrow is the way is because Scripture is clear and what obedience is supposed to be. We can't get away from those facts. The feel-good sermons and trying to pump people up and tell them they're going to have a better life with Jesus? <laughs> Read Paul. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Read Paul. That is not what's promised to the believer. All that's promised to the believer is that Christ will be with you when you go through tribulation. As a matter of fact, Jesus in his own words said it. In this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. 
The reason tribulations exist is to build in you the character. I'm not saying they come from Jesus. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm saying when trials exist, they build in you. They really reveal first what's in you truly. Second, what am I supposed to learn from this, Lord? What am I not seeing? How how do I need to pray about the situation? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, God perfects us even in the things that come against us, even though we did nothing wrong. God's perfecting you, the listener, the believer. And so when we're talking about prayer and fasting for the nation— Hear me out on this. This may be about, Lord, we need to get rid of the wicked. We need to stop Joe Biden. Lord, you need to stop the mouth of the gainsayer. But make sure that you're asking, Lord, what have I not done? What have I left undone, Lord? Is my house in order, Father? So the prophets, you see what I'm saying? The prophets, the Old Testament prophets. Stick with me because I know some of you are like, we're not in the Old Testament. Just hear me out. Easy. Easy. Very much, they were sent to the rulers and the nations, right? Um, um, Edom, this is going to happen to you, right? Moab, this is going to happen to you, whatever. But they were also sent to the people saying, you stiff-necked people, you need to humble yourselves before the Lord. You need to become contrite before the Lord. With Your stiff-necked nature is going to produce destruction, we're here saying it's time for us to not be stiff-necked. It's time for us to humble ourselves. And the quickest way to decide whether or not we need to humble ourselves is how your attitude is towards everybody else. Mm. If your attitude towards everybody else is, they're all doing this, they're, they're doing that, they're wicked, they, they need... There's a great sign that you need to humble yourself. Yeah. Because you notice Christ tells... Tells the parable of the two guys in prayer in the temple, and one of them's like, "Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like this sinner here, and I'm I'm so thankful that I I fast twice a week and I I give a tenth and all of that." And then there's the tax collector who's like, "Lord, I I'm a wretch. I don't deserve to be in your presence." He can't I even suck, look bro. upwards. He's looking downwards. That's humility and contrite nature of. Not not a beat yourself up, but a recognition and realization of, wow, Lord, there's a lot in me that needs to be cleaned up. Agreed. And I think uh, to, to add to what you're saying, Go for it. Mike's been talking about, and we've both been talking about this. We're not, you don't ever see us be like a prophetic type ministry, but I've noticed the message that we carry is prophetic. It's the same thing over and over and over again, right? It's about what government is supposed to do under the things of God, what government is not supposed to do under the things of God. I read this thing yesterday uh, from, a, from a ministry that I respect about Romans 13, and they talked about, hey, you're supposed to submit to bad governments too, according to Romans 13, 2, uh, and all these other things, Romans 13, 4. And I was like, they missed, they missed the entire middle section of Romans 13 where it talks about that rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil deeds, and that they're ministers of God to you for good. They omitted those parts. Yeah, what do we do with that with the tyrant? So are we going to say that Hitler is a minister of good? Right. Now, too, Paul was writing that, Romans 13, which they, again, omitted from this. It was a long dissertation, too. Mm -hmm. They omitted the fact that Paul was in jail when Romans 13 was written. Why was he in jail? For disobeying government. Yeah. He was preaching. Yeah. So when when you when you look at and I'm going to lead into this question. Did you see Rick's question on no, Messenger? No. It's on it's on Messenger of the self evident. Oh, but it okay. says it says this. Th- this is going to lead into your question, Rick, because I think it's a great question. 
He said, this is a tough question. Are Christians ready to lay down their mortal life to protect the true word of God? <laughs> That's a tough question. Yeah. Right? I, I think the vast majority of us probably aren't because we're so used to, we're used to the perfect life. And I, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as we're used to how much more comfortable can I get myself yes. through the Lord? Uh, how much more abundance can I get, Lord? And I, I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't love to bless and give abundance, but we also have to work through this concept of suffering and trials and persecution is part of the Christian life. And what are you willing to give up in order to pursue the Lord? Because the more you give up the trappings, the more, the more of a pure life you're going to live in terms of presence of the Lord. And the less you hold on to, well, I need my 80 years. I need my, my comfortable life. The less you hold on to that, the more you hold on to, Lord, I'm content whether I'm rich or poor, whether I'm fed or starving, whether I'm clothed or naked. I'm with you, Lord. I'm content in you. The more you walk through that, the more you're willing to give up what you're not holding on to right. to walk through with the Lord. And so then it's less about, well, hopefully I can make it all the way through and enjoy life. And the more, you know what it's about? To live is Christ, to die is gain. That's right. That's right. That should be... The heart cry. The, the heart cry. That should be the mindset. That should be the, the place that you're at in your soul and your spirit of, well, to live is Christ, to die is gain. No matter whether I'm here or I'm gone, I'm enjoying being a part of God's kingdom, even when the persecution comes. This is coming from Paul. Paul, who shipwrecked, beaten, lashed, stoned to death, gets back up, goes back into the city, this, it, it jailed, chased after, persecuted, mocked, ridiculed. It's coming from him who's saying, I'm having fun. Live, to live is Christ, man. I, I don't know whether I want to go or stay here and do more work. I'm telling you, the more you align with Christ, the more you're one with the Lord, the more fun it gets, even through the persecution. So then you understand when you've got guys like Peter coming out rejoicing that they got persecuted, rejoicing that they got to suffer in Christ. Because if we're holding on to the, the comforts and the trappings of the world, that looks absolutely terrifying. Go to jail? Get beat? I don't how I'm not I wouldn't be celebrating. I mean Morning, my house taken from how could I? The more you're with the Lord, the less that stuff has a hold on you, and the more your hand is open of like, cool, the Lord blessed me with a house. Cool, I'm with the Lord, the house got taken, right? And you may think it's pie in the sky. And I, I, I feel like in my heart, I'm talking to the people who have for a long time led that that quiet desperation of. I'll pray just to get by. And I think you know who you are. It's kind of been a, a I'll keep it at arm's length. I'll, I'll pray, be with the Lord to get by. I, I love the Lord, but there's something deep in you that's kind of held on to some stuff. Right. You haven't really let go of it. And I think today's prayer and fasting, if, if you ate breakfast, that's okay. Fast the rest of the day. 
Because I think <laughs> what you need to do is pray to you break off. Keep fasting. <laughs> break off those bondages. I'm break kidding. that off. It is time. Massey and I were talking. I've noticed a lot of people in different areas. They're they're stepping out and consecrating themselves. And I think that's kind of the message that I want to get across today. Is it's time to consecrate yourself. Yeah. And so now's your chance to go, okay, Lord, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what it looks like, but I need to consecrate myself. I need to give up these things. I love them, but I want to love you more. And when you start praying that and you start reaching out to the Lord more with that, you're like, that's it. I've got to change Truth. something. Truth. Your hands are going to start opening up. That stuff's going to matter less. I was talking to my wife last week, and we were talking about... Making decisions, moving you're on forward, coffee taking today, risks. Boy. Yeah, I am, man. Yeah, you're, you're I, on. I'm empty you're and on. I just got coffee. You're Here on, we go. Um, I was talking to her uh, a couple of days ago, and we, we were talking about making financial decisions, right? But I want you to take this in the context of the Lord, because at the heart of it is, I trust the Lord. Yep. And I was like, no, we need to start making some, I don't want to say risks, taking advantage of some opportunities. And I said, babe, you got to realize we might lose the house, right? And not that it was a specific financial decision of this might lose the house for us, but it's like we have to be ready in our hearts of we could lose the house. Right. And what was cool was both her and I together were looking at each other going, that's okay. It's, it is what it is, right? And when you feel that freedom of I'm not scared anymore to lose this, you feel freedom to walk. And I need you guys to take that hmm. spiritual lesson of, are you okay with losing it? Are you okay with losing everything you've got yeah, for that, the name of Christ? He that loses his life for my sake will find it. I think that's the most beautiful part about the Lord. He's not asking you to lose everything. He's basically said, deny yourself. That's, yeah, That's a command, deny yourself. Dude, he gave it to you anyway. What, he can't restore? You know what I mean? Like, I think about this. Except the Lord build the house of labor in vain that build it. And I've, and I've experienced loss, so I'm not speaking out of not testimony. I've experienced big loss uh, in life, you know? Not yeah. Living in an RV, losing... Lost the RV. Yeah, you lost, lost that everything too. you own. I've, I've gone through it, and I'll, I'll say this. Money in my personal life has never really concerned me. Um, one of the things I had to come to grips with is family. You know, like, mm -hmm. could I could I... Lord, I'm gonna. I'm, they're yours now. You know, could I do that? And me and Chris were talking about it yesterday, man. And he just really set my heart at peace about they're the Lord's, bro. Give it to them. You know, and that's that's what's so beautiful and important. And um, again, I think we're gonna get into prayer now. Again, if you guys want to join the stream, there's a link in the middle. Uh, you'll see it says uh, uh, it says Studio Restream uh, I, slash guest. That link. If you guys want to just join on prayer, you'll be in the green room. We'll click you on. And you guys can just pray. You know, make sure you're, we can hear you and all that stuff, you know. But we want you all to pray with us. We're going to be praying right now. Uh, again, we're going to be on for another hour just walking through prayer. And what we're doing here is walking through the Scriptures and declaring the Lord's Word. Uh, also, too, um, if you have any comments, please write them down. If you guys got uh, things you want us to pray with and pray for, uh, please do that. Uh, we'll do that as well. But we're going to be repenting of our sins. We know that. Uh, but also, too, Lord, give us the wisdom to fight this battle. Give us the wisdom on how to do what we need to do biblically, uh, scripturally, uh, and, and all that stuff, and, and walking in the doctrines of Jesus. 
And so, guys, we thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, and being a part of our team, being a part of the fam, uh, if you will, and continue to share this video. Get it out to other fam. Like, we want to create new family. Uh, and we love new family. We love uh, God moving on his kids and on his people and all these things. And I'm, the reason why I'm looking down right now is because I'm, I'm doing real time. Uh, we got papers and I got things, you know. The, we got people The interwebs and, and the, yeah, dude, some, we, we just had a comment about we're not talking about tithing correctly. And it's like, you know, dude. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Can no, we talk no, about no, that? No, just, no, 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 just, no, no. no. Oh, okay. We'll all talk right. about it later. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, here's what I'll say. Let's go. <laughs> Make sure they're your words, not memes. That's all that was on their memes. <laughs> Make sure they're your words, okay? But anyways, if you have a dissent, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, you know? So we're going to get into prayer, if you don't mind, uh, Mikey. We're just going to start praying. Uh, and again, if you guys want to join that link, please do so uh, with that Restream link. And, and, and Mikey will continue to post that. Um, again, if you guys want to be on that, praise the Lord. So let's pray, my homies. All right. Go ahead and start her off, bro. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name this morning, Father. Lord, we bless your name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Bless and praise him. Lord, we lift you up now and extol you in our hearts and say, Lord, you are the king you are the sovereign. Jesus, thank you for dying for us, for resurrecting for us, for giving us the Holy Spirit when you ascended to heaven, for giving us the helper. Father, thank you for creating this master plan the way you, only you could do it. Thank you for choosing us as your sons and daughters, Lord. Thank you for past heroes of the faith. And they, weren't, they themselves wouldn't call themselves heroes, but to us, Lord, who don't understand their heroes, Lord, men and women who have fasted and prayed for the behalf of their countries, for the behalf of the scriptures, for the behalf of souls uh, in the Old and New Testaments, and that, Lord, fasting was so important that Jesus taught us to do such, um, even to say these, this kind doesn't come out but by prayer and by fasting, and that even Isaiah Amen. talks about fasting and what we're supposed to bind up the brokenhearted, to loose the bands of wickedness over the people, Father. We loose the bands of wickedness over the people of America in the name of Jesus. And I, I think it's so amazing when people say we can't declare that. And it's like, dude, have you, have you not heard of John Knox? Have you not heard of men who prayed? And where Mary, Queen of Scots, said, I fear that man's prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe. That one man can change all of this. One person praying with God can do what a hundred men can do in the physical. And Lord, I pray that you make us those men and women of prayer, not of agenda prayer, Father, your prayers, not prayers where we come in ready to pray something. Lord, I came in purposely with nothing, purposely with nothing. I, I don't have notes to pray on because I want to be led by the Spirit to pray. I don't want to have agendas about America and what I think about presidents. And No, Lord, this country was built on America. I'm sorry, on, on the blood of Christ. America was built on the blood. Now, you used imperfect dudes to do it, 
There was some wicked things going on at the time. But Lord, even in their prayers, if I could read just a few things here, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, when he declared a a day of prayer and fasting on May 24, 1774, drafted a resolution. He said this, uh, this house being deeply impressed with apprehension of the great dangers to be derived in British America from the hostile invasion of the city of Boston and our sister colony of Massachusetts, deemed it highly necessary that the said first day of June be set apart by members of this house as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer, devoutly to implore the divine interposition. Listen to that. To divinely interpose against Britain and what's happening. Lord, we're asking you for divinely interposing against the enemy's agenda of your people, the enemy's agenda against your sovereignty, Father, the enemy's agenda against your perfection, the enemy's agenda against our kids, the enemy's agenda against the true truth of God, and that, Lord, people that are listening to this, I pray, God, that you would transform them from the power of darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. And I thank you for power that when we pray, it's not words, that we believe it because you gave us those words. That, Lord, even if I don't know what to pray, you said your word says that you would give me the words to pray in the spirit. And if they're your words, I have to believe it. I don't have a choice. I have to believe it. And that, Lord, you would interpose yourself against the wickedness of the enemy. And that, Father, the end times are here, but our job and our duties to save souls. So, Father, I pray you interpose on these people, Father, on their way to hell, that you would send us there to those places, Father, and that we would preach the gospel, whether it's on the streets, whether it's in a store, whether it's in a restaurant, it doesn't matter. That we open our mouths and be faithful with the word you've given us. I don't care how feeble the words are, that your power would rest on our feeble words. And that, Father, your spirit would turn the heart of the hearer in the name of Jesus, Lord. And that even wickedness, Lord, can't stand in front of you because even like Paul was a wicked man, Saul was, and you turned his heart. And Lord, I don't care about people's opinions of what we talk about and all those other things. I pray you make us doers of the word and not hearers only. I pray you make us consecrated men and women of the Lord that we put off childish things, Lord, and we become men and women of God, that we put off things that don't matter, that you've raised us up to do what you've called us to do. But not only that, Lord, you've raised us up to prosper in the thing that you've called us to do. And Lord, if we're never successful at it, I pray we're faithful at it. Hmm. I pray that we get up and do it again and again and again and again and again. And if it was just for one, we did it. Psalm 17 says this. Thank you for these scriptures, Mike. Yeah. I call on you, my God. For you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. And I get this way, Lord, because that you would even hear me, a dude who didn't deserve it and still doesn't, I feel like sometimes. But just like Psalm 103 talks about, Lord, you don't remember my sins like that that we would carry the heart of David, creating us clean hearts, oh God, renew right spirits within us. And we repent of the sins we've allowed and the sins we've committed and the times we didn't think about you and the idols we put in front of you, God, that we would tear that stuff down, Lord, and say, no, Lord, my heart is yours. My life belongs to you. 
My tongue belongs to you. My mind belongs to you. That we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that we carry the torch of heaven. And what an honor to do that. In Jesus' name. Lord. Lord, I thank you for the consecration that is going on. And Lord, we're thankful for the fact that you are burning off the dross in us. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing up those conversations of something's got to change. I've got to, I've got to step into more with you, Lord. Yeah. And Father, I thank you that now is that day. Now is that time. Lord, I thank you for the way that you are removing all of that out of us and that the new priorities are being placed into our hearts. And Lord, I thank you now that that is happening. The new priorities are being placed in our hearts for your kingdom, Lord. That we're not seeing things the old ways, we're not buying into the old compromises, but we're moving forward, we're moving deeper with you, Lord. And I thank you for the increased humility and contrite nature within us to recognize that you are so much more significant than we could ever put words to. Lord, I thank you for that, that cleansing that is going on within us. And Lord, I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, bring to our hearts the repentance that is needed. Bring to our hearts those things which we have been hiding away in those small little rooms that we don't go into in our heart. Those things we're hiding away from you, Lord, that we're trying to protect. Those compromises that we're trying to buy into the lies for, to not have to deal with it, to hold on to it. To say, well, I can have this and you at the same time. And Lord, I thank you that you are opening up those doorways right now in those hearts. And Holy Spirit, you're going in and pulling them to the surface and showing them to us about how they keep us from you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we fast, that those chains, those bondages, those yokes are being broken in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over you, that that blood cleanses, it uplifts, it nourishes. Lord Jesus, your body was broken for us. I pray today that we spiritually partake in communion with you, Lord. As we fast, we are partaking in a communion with you, that your body was broken for us, that your blood was spilled for us. Lord, I pray now that today is a day of change in this nation. that the fires of the Holy Spirit are set ablaze throughout this nation, that each person listening is lit by your fire. That we walk out our door and we realize it can't be the same, Lord. We're raising our hands, our hearts to you, asking, Lord, help us. 
We need your help, Lord. We need you. Nothing has satisfied. Nothing has done the work. Nothing has fixed it, Lord, besides you. And Lord, I just pray conviction falls on us today of how wrong we've gotten it as a nation, as a body, because we haven't kept our eyes on you. There is nothing in this world more important than you, Lord. And Lord, I pray, give us our loaves and our fishes through that unlikely source. And give us the faith to multiply it for your, for your people, for your kingdom. Lord, our hearts are ripe for you. Our hearts are ripe to be picked. And Lord, I thank you because it's, it's such a, a cool thing is we're getting, I, I sense we are getting into the position where the kingdom can really do some work. God will get his will done. He'll get his purpose done. But there's something about us being in that right position. And guys, everything is setting up to put us in the right position to carry the kingdom forward. You can't rely on your politicians. You can't rely on your government structure. You can't rely on your finances. You can't rely on your friends. You can't rely on your job. You can't rely on the loves of your life. You can't rely on your hobbies. You can't rely on your own personal position, your personality, your desires, your emotions. You cannot rely on any of that. The only thing you can rely on is God. Because the only one who can get it done is God. And that's a call out of, that's, it is on my heart, this burning away of the rest of it. None of it matters. Yeah. None of it matters. It's, it's time to be done with it. I'm not saying you have to live as a monk, but it is time to be done with the rest of it and know it's time to separate yourself out with the Lord, to consecrate yourselves before the Lord. We are called to abide in him. That is a continual active position. And Father, I pray that you put <coughs> the absolute gravity of that on our hearts. Let us feel that more than anything else today. Come on, Lord. The gravity of it. The gravity of abiding in you. And Father, I pray that you teach us now how to get into that secret place and spend time in your presence. I pray that food would taste as dust. 
I pray that entertainment would look like rotting carcasses to us. I pray that the distractions would rust away so that we can recognize the true beauty and purity of you, Lord. That everything else would be absolutely dull in comparison. I pray, Father, now open our eyes as a people to you. Man, Lord, we love you. We wouldn't be here if we didn't love you. We would not be here if we didn't love you. And we need to realize that truth. We need to know that truth. There's something in us that is craving for you, Lord. And I bless you, Lord, because you've placed it in us. Bro. Father, let us hold on to that truth. Yeah. Teach us how to hold on to that truth when all else wants to tempt and pull us away, snatch us away. And I thank you for the roots you are putting down into the good soil through us, Lord. And the, the harvest, the crop, the yield of a hundredfold through us. Thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is yeah. here. Come on. That we get to be a part of your kingdom. You wanted, above all else, communion with us, reunification with us. You wanted us, Lord. You desired us. You desired us so much, Father, that you gave up your son. And your son willingly came, gave up position, gave up glory went through all of it and paid prices we will never begin to comprehend. Come on, dude. Preach. And did it. At the, the moment of ultimate temptation to walk away in the garden. Yeah. Perspiring blood says, please take this from me. The fact, Lord Jesus, you said, please take this from me, says how much gravity of the situation we will never understand. And yet, your next sentence was, however, not my will, but your will be done. Dang right. You saw the truth, and you went through with the truth. Lord Jesus, our worship cannot begin to put proper perspective on that, Lord. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We're so grateful for the fact gave up everything, went through everything for us. And Lord, how dare we try to belittle that, try to minimize it, try to attach our own <laughs> desires into it, try to attach, well, that plus. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for that. Thank you, Lord. That's it. Lord, I feel like this moment, that's it. Nothing more, no other requests, no other prayers. For this moment, all we can say is thank you. 
I can never understand it. I can never comprehend it. I can never grasp it. I can never give it its due justice. All I can say to you, Lord Jesus, is thank you. Thank you. Lord, give our hearts a moment of just thank you. We love you, Lord. Finish the work in us. Please. And we know you're faithful too because you said you will. You said your own words that you'll finish the work. Thank you. In Jesus' name. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not going to say amen because is this continuous? This is continuous. It's time to hit your prayer spot. Get into it, guys. Get into your prayer spot. Yeah. Even if you have to turn us off, go to the closet, go to your car, go somewhere private. We're here to push you towards the Lord. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read Samuel Adams. Please. When he was governor, this day of proclamation of fasting and prayer. And I just want you guys to listen to this, um, and hopefully it'll put you in the right mindset, because we are praying for our nation. We're praying for our local communities, our local politics, our churches. Um, but listen to what he said here. This was in 1799, I think it was, 1795. He was the governor of Massachusetts. He said, the supreme ruler of the universe having been pleased in the course of his providence to establish the independence of the United States of America and to cause them to assume their rank among the nations of the earth and bless them with liberty, peace, and plenty. We ought to be led by religious feelings of gratitude and to walk before him in all humility, according to his most holy law. Jeez. But as the depravity of our hearts has in so many instances drawn us aside from the path of duty so that we may have frequently offended our divine and merciful benefactor. It is therefore highly incumbent on us, according to the ancient and laudable practice of our pious ancestors, to open the year by a public and solemn fast that with true repentance and contrition of heart, we may unitedly implore the forgiveness of our sins through the merits of Jesus Christ and humbly supplicate our Heavenly Father to grant us the aids of His grace for the amendment of our hearts and lives and to basically grace his, grace us with His smiles upon our temporal concerns. I have therefore thought to fit a point with the advice of consent of the Council, I do hereby appoint Thursday, the second day of April, to next be preserved as the day of public fasting, humiliation, and prayer throughout the commonwealth, calling upon the ministers of the gospel of every denomination with their respective congregations to assemble on that day and devoutly implore the divine forgiveness of our sins to pray that the light of the gospel and the rights of conscience may be continued to the people of the United America and that this holy word may, that his holy word may be improved by them so that the name of God may be exalted, that their own liberty and happiness be secured, that he would be graciously pleased to bless our federal government, 
that by a wise administration, it would be sure to guide safe protection and national concerns for the people who have established and who have supported it, that he would continue to and continue to us the invaluable blessings of civil liberty, guarding against guarding us against intestine commotions and enabling the United States in the exercise of such governmental powers as are dissolved or devolved upon them so that the honor and dignity of our nation upon the sea and land may be supported and peace with other powers of the world upon safe and honorable terms may be maintained. That he would direct the administration of our federal and state governments so that the, the, the lives, liberties, and property of the, all citizens and the just rights of the people and men and citizens may be forever acknowledged and at all times defended. Listen to that. That lives, liberties, and properties may be at all times defended by constitutions founded upon equal rights and by good and wholesome laws wisely and judiciously administered and duly executed. That he would enable legislators and magistrates of this commonwealth to discharge the important duties incumbent on them. That the people may have good reason to feel themselves happy and safe and lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Where did he pull that from? Scripture. Okay? That he would incline the natives of the wilderness, to listen to the reasonable offers of peace, that tranquility and security may be established on the founders of our, or frontiers of our country, that he would graciously regard the lives, health, and health of the people of, of this and our sister states and preserve them from contagious and wasting diseases. He's saying, let's, let's pray for, and to, to, that God would heal their diseases. To crown the ensuing year with plenty and prosperity by his blessing, on our husbandry, on our fisheries, on our commerce, and all the labor of our hands to affect our minds with a sense of our entire dependence on him and on his great goodness towards us, that when we may present ourselves before him at the close of the year, we, we will offer our thanksgivings and thank offerings. Our hearts may be, by his grace, be prepared to do it in a manner acceptable to him. That he would be graciously pleased to establish the French Republic and prosper others who are contending for the rights of men, and dispose all nations to favor the same principles and return to peace and friendship. That he would grant mercy and remember the unhappy state of our fellow citizens and others who are groaning under bondage in a foreign land. That he would soften the hearts of those, man, no judgment. That he would soften the hearts of those who have led them captive, inclining that people to show them favor during their captivity, and his own due time open the door for their relief. And finally, that he would rule over all the confusions that are in the earth of speedy establishment of the Redeemer's kingdom. Which consists of righteousness and peace. And I do recommend the people of this commonwealth to abstain from all unnecessary labor and recreation on this said day given at the Council of Boston this 28th day of February in the year of our Lord, 1,795, in the 19th year of our independence of the United States. God save the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That's beautiful. Dude, he said all this because God's about to return his kingdom. Listen to how they prayed, man. Samuel Adams was a beast, bro. Yeah, he, he was. He was a beast. Man, that dude knew how to pray, man. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I, we he's a beer now. You know what I mean? We're, right. We've reduced him to a beer, you know? But you read these words and you're like, dang, man. You know, th this was heavy. Yeah. They knew what they were praying for. They knew what they were talking about. 
And the fact that he's like, he could have easily turned this into like a destroy the enemies that are against you. And some did that. You know, I'm not saying that's probably where they were. His is like, Lord, soften the hearts of those who are evil because mm-hmm. your kingdom's coming. <laughs> right. That's just awesome to me. That's awesome to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is awesome. This is good. We appreciate you guys tuning in with us, being with us in this whole thing, because we we love you, and we care about our nation. We care about our cities and states. We care about what God is doing here, and so we will continue to do this uh, stuff until something breaks and moves. We will, in the name of Jesus Christ. And what I want us to realize out of Samuel Adams' day of proclamation of fasting and prayer, can we just see this? Um, there's, listen to this. And finally, that he would rule over all the confusions that are in the earth. They were we, going through the oh, same yeah. crap. They were going through the same things we are. There's nothing yeah. new under the sun, you and, know? And we tend to think that, like, all of this that we're going through now, there, there's never been any confusion, distraction, wickedness, all of that. They went through their own. They went, they went through all kinds of it, Right. And they would have to pray against it. We look at the Old Testament. They would have to pray against all of it. They would have to humble themselves before the Lord in order to seek the Lord to cleanse the land. It's it's our prayer position and our position before the Lord where as we do that, as we pray for that, that's when the Lord moves, right? Mm. And, and I think this is a message that yeah. I've just got to continue to hammer. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I've yeah. got to hammer it maybe all day today. Yep. It's about us putting ourselves in the right position first. Us getting before the Lord in the right heart position. The posture. The yep. posture. Your posture matters because nothing will change until we, the people, put ourselves in the proper posture Truth. first. And what we tend to do is say, it's, it's about those unbelievers. They need to get saved. Yes, they need to get saved, but first you have to be in the proper position. It's your position with the Lord first and then move forward, right? I, yeah, I think the, 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 the heart posture of what we are, who we are, why we do what we do um, is everything. Intentions mean nothing. Your intention means nothing. I intended to do that. We all do that. And we all know what intentions do. Um, God discerns that. The the intents and the thoughts of the heart and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. The scriptures do that. I think for us, it's always staying and abiding in scripture, in the word. And that we would literally walk this thing out in truth and mercy and peace. Because God is good. And I think the more we do that, the more we can see the hand of God moving all these things. And, um, you know, being, 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 being a, a, a human being, <laughs> being a human being, it's, <laughs> it's a weird place to be knowing that God is on the move. You can come in. God is on the move and God is doing his stuff. God is... Uh, if it, what did he say in, in Habakkuk? Because there's way more, but I just like that when he said, I'm going to do something you didn't even know could be yeah. done, basically. You know, when all the stuff is going wicked and all these things are bad and all the crap, 
It's like, but you have no idea what I'm doing. And we wouldn't even believe it if he told us. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't. We wouldn't believe it if we told us. We'd still figure out a way to, but is he prophetically doing that? You know what I mean? The bottom line is, crisis is in the business of redeeming. That's it. He's in the business of redeeming. That is where my heart is. I'm not in the business of judgment against others. I'm not in the business of trying to figure out what God wants to build up and destroy. That's his job. I'm in the redemption business, right? Our job is ministers of reconciliation. To me, that's at every level. Mm-hmm. Schools, government, everything. Now, some of you, I, I, I've heard it thousands of times. That's not in scripture, brother. Things are going to be destroyed. It's the end times. He said he promised it's going to be in the end times. Everything's going to go bad, blah, blah, blah. Fine, you believe that. I'm going to go out and win kids. Let's go out and win souls. Fine, you believe that. Because when things start to turn, I pray that God shows you, not because I'm saying it, but that we actually did the stuff that God wanted to do this whole time. He just wanted someone to believe it. Because what he's saying here in this day of prayer and fasting, there's so much confusion in the world right now. Dude, wars, rumors of wars, they were experiencing it every turn. Wars and rumors of wars. Lewdness, crassness, sinfulness, people hating God. Universities turning against them in the early 1800s, turning against the Lord. Ministers, uh, uh, colleges that were uh, founded as ministers uh, to train ministers of the gospel were turning against the Lord. So you can't tell me this hasn't existed before. I don't know when Christ is coming back. And it's like the one world order. Dude, England was a one world order. I, I, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it in history before. Rome covered the earth. The right. Mongolians covered the earth. Right. Like, Persians covered the earth. The Babylonians covered the earth. Yes. You've got all kinds of covering of the earth of this, this one world government. They rise and they fall. They all do. And you know, it's funny. Joe has been saying, you know, a buddy of ours who's prophetic, he's been saying, you know, it's going to get worse, you know, as times go on, but we're going we're gonna to come out of it. That happens every time there's dissension. Mm-hmm. The reason it gets worse is because God is letting us eat the fruit of our own ways. God is that sovereign. I don't need to judge you. I've allowed you to make your decisions. You will eat the fruit of those ways. You that are righteous will be preserved. Read Jeremiah. We will be preserved, those who have remained righteous and done what he's called us to do. God will preserve his remnant. That's what he always does. But if you read scripture, it's literally simple. Like You don't need a prophetic voice. You know what I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't like (laughs) prophetic voices. I have many friends who are prophetic and are prophets, and they're amazing, and we need them to do what they do. But, dude, if you guys would read Scripture, you don't need a prophetic voice to tell you that it is well with the righteous. You'll walk in that thing that it is well with the righteous, that we will eat the good of the land because we're willing and obedient, that God has given us the heads of our enemies, that we are the head and not the tail. That is the word of the Lord. I don't need a prophet to tell me that. That's the word of the Lord. So when I believe that when a prophet comes in and speaks, it should do two things. One, push us to prayer, because that's what they do. Second, it should confirm the word signs following. That's what the prophets do. No, the Lord is saying this, and it's like, yep, we're all feeling the same thing. Thank you. Right. Amen. We're going the right direction. That prophet is dead on, mm-hmm. right? Now, prophets reveal mysteries for sure, for sure. And it gets you to think, man, I never thought about that. Praise God. Let me pray into that. Let me do that. But the word of a prophet never shifts me. It, the word shifts me. Does the word of the prophet confirm the word of the Lord? If it does, praise God, we move forward. But their words never shift me. I never get worried about it. So I start to do my homework. Hey, Joe's dead on. Every time there's a disillusion of nations, it gets worse for people. 
It makes sense. You look at the Old Testament, look at the New Testament, it happens. Uh, when King Herod, it got worse for the Christians. Look what happened in Egypt. It got worse for the persecuted Hebrews. It got worse for them before God moved them. And even then, that time in the wilderness was hard. So it was worse for some of them, right? Some of them didn't enter in, so he gave it to the kids. And guess what happened after they took the promised land? Warfare began. You, it wasn't it wasn't them being in the wilderness anymore, just eating fruit and water yeah. and being whatever. Then they got into war. Do you do you see the revelation in that? You were just talking about we tend to get our minds on the end times. We tend to get our minds on oh, it's all going to go bad. It's all evil. The new world order. Why did the children of Israel get told you're not going into the promised land? Because they got distracted by the suffering. Oof. They walked away from the promises because the suffering distracted Dude. them. Could it be that that's why he said, count it all joy when you fall through various trials? Bro. They wouldn't shut their mouths. So they didn't learn patience, goodness, kindness, godliness. They didn't learn all that stuff. Because you're, you're right, they focused on... They focused all on the suffering. Keep going they, with that, they, dude. They went... We've got to understand this. We've got to understand that our suffering should not be the end point of our focus. We should not have that be our focus in what we're doing with the Lord. And the cool thing is, I go back to Paul, content in all things. The guy was going through suffering. Yeah, he used it as a teaching point, but he never said, I'm going to see more suffering. He has a prophet come to him and say, look, the man who owns this belt is going to be bound by the hands and the feet if he goes back to Jerusalem. You know what Paul said? Okay, cool. Why? Because he went forward. It was the joy of the Lord that he was concerned about. He was concerned about what the Lord was doing. In the end times, the new world order, uh, doom and gloom, all of that, you realize Christ says, look, yeah, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, all of that. What's he trying to say there? He's saying, yeah, all that's going to happen. What, what is underneath what he's saying is, why would you pay attention to that? Mm -hmm. that'll, that'll be signs. It, it'll be something interesting that's going on to show you what's happening. Right. But he never says, so you better, you better just focus better on that. Better get with it. He's saying, look, these things should point you to me. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take about a five-minute break. No? Fifteen. Fifteen-minute break. I got overruled. <laughs> Kevin's going. We gotta yeah. we gotta fix a couple things. We, so. we gotta fix some tech. Um, we're gonna take about fifteen minutes, and then we'll come back to round it out with a little bit more prayer, and we'll be done at ten. And then what we'll do is we'll be back here at two o'clock, and we want you guys here with us. Stay. Keep it. Keep it live. Just put some pictures up and stuff. Yep. Uh, and be sure to cut the mics. But all right, guys. So we will see you back. I really challenge you to get into a secret place. Go take a break if you're at work. Go somewhere quiet. Spend some time with the Lord. Yep. I challenge you. I dare you. Because a lot of people will go, yeah, no, I don't have the time for that. Interesting. Yeah. Would you say that to the Lord if you were face-to-face? -face? I don't have time to be with you, Dang. Lord. Dang. So come back at 945, and we're going to round it out with some prayer, and then we'll be back this afternoon. So we will see you guys in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Just hold on tight. Amen. All right, we're back. You may notice I've been in a different seat. That's because Massey had to run out. We're having some tech stuff going on with our cameras because it never ends, does it? 
But that's okay because we're still here. We're still going. Uh, I wanted to make sure to get back on um, to round us out to 10 o'clock. This idea of prayer and fasting, I think prayer is so vitally important because it is truly communication with God. And that kind of goes without saying. A lot of us will look at it and say, well, yeah, of course, prayer. And I'm very passionate about, okay, but what? What's the active in all of this? What's your action? What are you doing to move forward with the Lord? Because there is something that we have to do. We can't just sit on the couch and expect the Lord to move. What we've got to do is actually get in it with him, be there with him, be connected, move forward with him, abide in him. And so I think sometimes prayer becomes a a rather intimidating thing for a lot of people, because what you think is, I've got to have this highfalutin prayer. I've got to have these massive words. I've got to, I've got to recite scripture constantly in my prayer or else God's not going to hear me. And do you see the, the lack of humility in that? You're saying, okay, I've got to have the formula and then God will hear me. And you may say, well, you gave us a, a way to do it. Give you a prescription. Gave you a, a best practices. I didn't give you the the Lord won't hear you unless you do it this way. I think we've got to take a breath, and especially you new believers, those of you who are like, well, I'm I'm learning how to pray. Take a step back and relax. The Lord's going to teach you how to pray. It's your obedience to the process. It's your humility and and your openness to learn and grow in communication with the Lord. You don't have to go in swinging above your weight. You can come to him as you are. I think about the the account of Christ when he's sitting with the Pharisee and the Pharisee doesn't doesn't give him a bowl of water to wash his hands with, doesn't wash his feet, doesn't doesn't anoint him with oil, anything like that, doesn't kiss him, love him, whatever. But the prostitute is at his feet, washing his feet with her tears and wiping his feet with her hair. She's blessing and anointing him. And Christ looks at the Pharisee and says, look, you didn't do any of this for me. He said, those who are forgiven much, love much. Those who are forgiven little, love little. You don't need to be high religious elite in your prayers. You be real. You be humble. You need to love him, connect with him, reach out to him, be honest and open with him. And I think if we can grasp a hold of that, you new believers, your prayer life is going to take off. And God will teach you how to grow in your prayer life, how to have more authority in your prayers, how to, uh, how to see things that you need to see in order to pray into them, how to prophesy in your prayer, how to give words of knowledge in your prayer, how to call things out. There's new levels of prayer that are open to you if you're willing to humble yourself and, and, and sit with him. And it takes time. It's just like 
if you love your wife or your husband, you can read all of the stories, blog articles, newspaper articles, whatever you want about them, and you'll learn a lot. But you won't get to know them. It's in those deep conversations, the time spent, the quality time spent with your loved one, that you really get to know them. And it's the same thing with the Lord. I think we try to tell ourselves, well, if I read scripture enough, if if I cut out the right things in my life, if I do the right things in my life, I'll know the Lord intimately. And notice the Lord talks a lot about voice. Those who love him know his voice. His children know his voice. And he even says to the false prophets, away from me. I never knew you. That word know is is like true intimacy. You get to know somebody through intimacy, which means quality time, which means spending time with them, which means putting away the other things and specifically spending time with the Lord. And that is more than just a couple of minutes of prayer in the car on your way to work, a couple of seconds of prayer before your meal, bowing your head when somebody else prays. It is devoted time in prayer with him. And I'm on this vein of consecration, of stepping out, of of putting away the things that we've been called to put away, and instead taking on that communion with the Lord. And so I challenge you today, take that step, take that risk, take that chance, because there will be that voice in your head, that doubt that says nothing's going to change, nothing's going to come of it. And you may not get this massive supernatural experience. You may not get the, the fire of glory of presence of the Lord. You may walk out of it going, I tried. Lord, my mind kept wandering. I tried to bring it back. Lord, I didn't really know what to say. I didn't know if that was you or not. That is all normal. But as you move forward, you're going to recognize how to spend that time with the Lord. In those distractions, you'll learn how to kind of bat them away and continue forward. And so I I want to be realistic with you on this concept of prayer because I think people think it's all or nothing. Either I'm all in presence of God or else I failed. And it's not true. It's a growth thing. You were probably a little bit awkward on your first date with your spouse. You're kind of nervous. You 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 like this person. You thought they were cute, you know, and and hey, conversation is good, but man, I shouldn't have said that there. What was I thinking there? And uh, there was that weird, awkward kind of silence, and I didn't know what to say because I was too uptight. But then if you've been with your spouse a long time, 20 years in, whatever, you can sit in silence, and yet it's still edifying, kind of like what Massey was saying earlier, just spending time in peace with the Lord. And he didn't want to go anywhere. He wasn't even really saying anything. He wasn't thinking. He was just in time with the Lord. As you grow in that, more and more, that can be the case for you. But you don't get there without doing it. 
And so do not take as a discouragement those times where you're praying and it just doesn't seem to be clicking or you don't feel like the Lord's hearing you or you're not feeling the presence of the Lord. That's okay. And he's going to teach you. He's going to guide you. He's going to show you those things on how to grow in prayer life. And seek out people who are real intercessors of prayer and ask them about what they've learned through their years of prayer. Because sometimes what we do is we say, oh, well, you got to do this and this and this, and that'll equal massive experience. Could be. But it also puts pressure on people that they may do this and this and this, and if they don't have massive experience, they've done something wrong. And that's just not the case, because God does not work through pure formula. And I send that as a warning to you guys to be aware that somebody may stand on stage and say, I had this, and it was outrageous, and I did this and this and this to get there, and that's what you need to do. Take it with a grain of salt. Because God is sovereign, and maybe it was for that person, for that time, for that moment. Now, maybe there's a lesson they had to learn to help other people learn something. But don't take it as the exact that, well, if I did A, B, and C, just like so-and-so said on stage, and I haven't received D, what's going on? Because that's when a lot of people get off the train. So it doesn't work. It failed. Maybe it wasn't for you, or maybe there's more that God is looking for you to do, right, in terms of getting rid of this or focusing on this, or maybe God's just saying, not for you at this time. That's okay. So don't get discouraged in that. Your faithfulness to the Lord is what matters. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, not successful. We tend to think that especially in the charismatic movement, we tend to think that the, the spiritual experiences are success. I'm preaching myself on this. It's faithfulness that matters. Jeremiah was a prophet, 40 years, by all metrics, completely unsuccessful in his ministry. We might look at him with worldly eyes and go, well, that guy's a failure. He must not have had the word of the Lord. He didn't have hundreds of thousands following him. When in reality, God flat out told him, they're not going to listen to you. They're stiff-necked, but you've got to go and say it to him. God said to Ezekiel, they're not going to listen to you, but guess what? You've got to go because if you don't tell them, blood's on your hands. I'm not putting that on you, but what I'm saying is you may not see success the way you think you're supposed to. Be faithful to him. Let him provide what he needs to. And it is quite all right to request. It's quite all right to petition. But be careful of your expectations. I'm going to pray us out, and we'll be finished about 10 o'clock, and then we will be back at 2 o'clock, and I want you back with us. I want you tuning back in. I want to hear experiences and stories about what's going on in your walk today, your fasting. I want to hear what the Lord's telling you in prayer. We want interaction with you guys. Give us the Q&A. Give us the hard questions. We'll take it. We'll work with it. But please show back up at 2 o'clock. 
tune back in, set your timers, do what you got to do, check your notifications because those always work on Facebook and come back with us from two to four and we'll round out our day of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you really, this is not for you to come be a passive consumer. This is inspiration for you to be active in your faith. We should be the launching off point. We are not the end point in this whole day. It is us coming together as a community to pray and fast for our nation, for the church, for what the Lord's doing in our lives, to set the captives free. And we can talk about Isaiah and his description, the Lord's description through Isaiah, of what a proper fast is. But we're going to pray it out. So, Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful to you. Lord, thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for all you've given, Lord. Lord, you are truly righteous. You're truly just. You are love. You are compassionate. You are patient. Lord, you are kind. You are graceful. You are merciful. Lord, you pour out blessings on your children You give abundantly. You love unconditionally, Lord. Lord, we are so grateful to you for your hand in these days. And Father, I pray that you would show to us the true condition of our hearts, of ourselves, of our church body, of our nation, and speak to us in the innermost so that we can change it and turn it, Lord. Transform us, Lord, every one of us. Lord, we repent of what we have allowed. We repent of where our hearts have been. We we repent, Lord, of all of it, of everything that is not you. Reconcile us to you, Lord, Heal us, please. Mend the brokenhearted. Set the captives free. Give vision to the blind. Teach us how to walk in your power, Lord. Let the gifts follow the believers, Lord. And I pray that our vision is so set on you that we enjoy the moments of the gifts, but we rejoice because our names are in the book of life. We pray that the gifts and the signs and the wonders are testimony to what you've done and what you are doing, and what you will do. A testimony of your promises, Lord. Lord, we love you, and we cherish you. We are so grateful to you. Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen. So we're going to go ahead and close this stream out. We'll be back here 2 p.m. 
We expect you here. As we love you so much, we're so grateful for you. So take this day to pray and fast. Reconcile before the Lord. Seek his will. Seek freedom for those who don't have him, or even those believers who need setting free. We love you guys. We'll see you at 2 o'clock. Have a great day.